Wee wee, don't tell me you're at mountain lakes with all of your friends. Wee wee, don't tell me you're gonna start talking about craft beer again. We're cracking wise on random craft beer news. Hanging out with brewers, owners, and monsters doing interviews. We chose a wee wee chose a wee wee chose a wee wee chose. It's a wee wee chose a wee wee chose a wee wee chose a wee wee chose. From the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. Just letting you guys know, I had a little unusual request from my barber this past week. He asked me to come in and sit cheek to cheek with one of his customers. Apparently, the man wanted a haircut and a close Dave. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here, as always, is your host, Chris Sindrick. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody. Just to warn you all, tonight's show could get a little hairy. We, we could have a few close shaves. Oh, uh, yeah. We may be operating on razor-thin margins. Okay, well, here, hair goes nothing. Yes, Brett Gordon and Sean Kirkpatrick with Lumberbeard Brewing are our special guests tonight. And as always, I am joined by Dave Basaraba and Tim Hilton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company, guys. What's the latest with news with Mountain Lakes Brewing and the Spokane craft beer scene? Uh, well, uh, one thing, Chris, we are preparing to uh, sell our Christmas four-packs uh, pretty soon. Nice. And yeah. so what makes up? I assume those are a lot of uh, kind of warmy beers, maybe higher alcohol. Uh, oh, yeah, high-gravity beers, uh, winter warmer. We've got a pecan porter, uh, a Doppeldunkel Weizenbach, sort of a favorite of ours. And, and a cinnamon coffee stout. Yeah. Just nice. Everything's right. over 10%, and they're sort of, you know, limited release beers that, you know. Cool. And when you're, you when you're with your family for the holidays, you need a high-gravity, high-alcohol beer just to get through life. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And so how do people get their hands on those? What's the process? Just go to the website. You'll see the, uh, the image right at the top. Just click on there. You can pre-order it now. They'll be ready first week of December if Brett lets us can them up okay. Nice. Quite possibly. Okay. <laughs> It'll happen. And what, uh, what else is going on? You guys still doing the winter market? And how's that going? Yeah, the winter market down at Riverfront Park is still going on every Wednesday, 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Come down there. We have a deal on uh, pint cans for 5 bucks and three pa or, uh, four packs for 15 And we've got all kinds of merch down there. There's a ton of other vendors. Big Barn Brewing Company is down there, too. And that's at the pavilion. Yeah, right. just, just behind the pavilion. Nice. They got good food trucks and lots of stuff to do. It's a fun, you know, winter market. It's cold, so wear a hat. Well, to start the show off, we like to ask important people who work in the craft beer industry questions about what they do and how they do it. It's called Not My Beer. Please welcome tonight's Not My Beer guest from the place where Spokane's couples skate and dreams get brewed, Lumberbeard Brewing, Brett Gordon and Sean Kirkpatrick. Hello. How's it going? Welcome, Brett and Sean. It's great to have you on the show. I guess to kind of get things started, we'll talk a little bit about your history. You started in Spokane around 2018. In a short amount of time, you've, you've pretty much gained a pretty good foothold on the Spokane craft beer scene, a lot of recognition for your beers. 
in Spokane and beyond. Uh, what's the backstory of Lumberbeard? How did you guys enter the brewing uh, industry and eventually decide to open up a craft brewery here in Spokane? Yeah, so, I mean, story goes, uh, I graduated college with a degree in economics, um, started working in finance as a, an accountant for a mutual fund company, um, and absolutely hated it. And um, I started brewing, home brewing when I, I don't know, 20, 21 years old, um, and really liked doing that. Uh, so I had continued doing that throughout college and when I started my career in finance. And I decided I would rather make beer my everyday than finance my everyday. Uh, so I actually went out to the University of California, San Diego, and got my professional brewing certificate. Um, and then worked at a couple breweries down in Southern California, um, all the while thinking I did want to start my own brewery at some point, um, but not exactly sure where, not exactly sure how. Um, so my dad, me, and my wife started planning um, and started planning and planning and planning. It takes a lot of planning um, to open a brewery. <laughs> Um, and we, so we, we founded the company in 2018. We probably started planning about a year before that um, and writing a business plan, trying to figure out where we wanted to start it. Um, and we ended up deciding on Spokane because I have some family up here and we've been visiting for the last 25 years. Um, and I thought that Spokane would be a better place to live in California. Okay. And so what does that look like, that commitment? You've talked about the years of planning but to commit to open that brewery and, and develop that business plan? Yeah, I mean, uh, lots of different emotions. Um, I, I got very lucky. My dad was an entrepreneur. He started and sold two or three companies. Um, and so he has gone through the process a couple times. And so he was super excited to do it with me, super excited to help me through the process. Um, and, of course, I was kind of the beer knowledge. And at the time we were doing the plan, I was working at breweries. So having an inside knowledge of, oh, okay, this is how the tap room is functioning. And, oh, this is how we're working with distributors. And this is our sales, this here and there. Um, having all of that knowledge going in was, a little, was, I think, extremely valuable in the planning process. Okay. So having that background in finance and economics helped as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always liked numbers, and uh, as anyone who's ever brewed a batch of beer knows, there's a lot of numbers in brewing beer, um, and there's also a lot of numbers in running a business, and so, um, yeah, I think knowing, knowing accounting and knowing economics definitely, definitely contributes to success. And so what's the, the program look like at um, UCSD when you were there in, the, in that certificate program, and that obviously then helped you get into the industry, I would, I would imagine. So tell us a little bit about that and then uh, the, the original jobs that you had coming out. Yeah, so uh, the program was actually run by the head brewer of Ballast Point, um, and he had teachers coming from Ballast Point, um, Stone Brewing, and then a couple other smaller breweries around San Diego. Um, and so we, we took uh, classes anywhere from business to technical to operations management, um, marketing, sales, so we got kind of a little bit of everything, uh, and it was it was actually really cool. Um, and then when I started working at a brewery, I started at the very bottom. <laughs> uh, I was cleaning cleaning kegs and packaging off of a, a really really terrible bottling line, um, and so I've done every job in production brewing that there is. Um, and so it gives me a, I think a little bit of 
grace towards the people like Sean who are cleaning my kegs every day. It sounds familiar. Right. So then, Sean, you um, have been at Lumberbeard for a little while now, and you started kind of in the front end area, and now you've worked yourself into kind of helping out in the brew house. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on. So yeah, I started at Lumberbeard beginning of September in 2020. Uh, but I've been in the beer industry for over 10 years now. I actually started working at BevMo in Capitola, California as a, just a, a cashier and stalker, and then moved to Spokane seven and a half years ago and worked at Ramblin' Road Brewing Company, and then managed the Growler Guys in South Hill, and then worked at Steady Flow and Flastic, so a bunch of different beer places. What's the, wh- where's your kind of, Niche. What what's your joy come from in working in that? Well, like, where do you get the most satisfaction from everything that you've done within what the, you know all the positions you've had? Honestly, this is one of the best jobs I've had, and just I'm passionate about beer in general. I've been even before I started working in the beer industry, I was passionate about beer. My dad's a home brewer, so that's kind of where that started from. But just beer and beer culture, the environment around the people in the industry, the customers, and then just the evolution of the industry as a whole. Right. So now, um, I, uh, on Instagram, I posted a, a little quiz. I asked people about if uh, the Lumberbeard logo was the most recognized Spokane craft beer logo. And that is just the guy with the hat with the you know hop cone right. beard. And so then uh, 57% of the people responded says it, said it was. Now, this isn't scientific. We have, you know, I think there were 40 respondents. But that's the majority of those 40 people that's, that said that. Um, Chris, Chris, I actually voted yes, but I thought that was Brick West's logo. Oh. I'm sorry. That happened. Shoot. It wasn't yeah. a square, so yeah, that could have right. been your first clue. It was clue. not a brick. <laughs> they, don't have, they have rectangles trademarked. Yes. And then I thought it was uh, Iron Goat. I thought it was... Uh, right, because he looks like a bearded goat. Yeah, bearded goat, yeah. right. Yeah, totally so sorry, guys. I thought it was always Iron Goatee. Yes. That's, that's the when they collaborate. That's right. <laughs> there's got to be eventually that. But so with that, though, I think there, there's a difference between choosing a name for a brewery and developing a brand. And I feel like you kind of understand that. Is that tell us a little bit about that, a little about the difference between the two. Yeah, so, I mean, finding a name for a brewery is extremely hard nowadays because there's over 9,000 craft breweries in uh, just the United States. Um, And so when we were trying to figure out uh, a name for Lumberbeard, me, my wife, and my dad would meet once a week, and we would work on the business plan, and we would each come with names of breweries that we thought were good. And so we would you know, share them all. And then ones we all liked, I would Google and I would Google it and it would be a brewery in Michigan. And then I would Google it and it'd be a brewery in Pennsylvania. And then I Google it and it'd be a brewery in Texas. It was just like, great. It's going to be really hard to name this brewery if everything we like is taken. Tim and I I went through 200 different ideas. It's crazy. It's so hard to find something unique. Finally, Tim was like, just name it Jackass Brewing. It was going to be a dip. And that was already uh, taken. I know. Definitely already taken. (laughs) And that was already taken. That's fantastic. That's right. (laughs) Let him know trying to name beers as well. Right. In the end, it was Mountain Lakes or Douchebag. And uh, 
It was close. I, I think you chose correctly. Yeah. I, I believe it Mountain Lakes close. is a much, much better direction. Thank God to go. I handed in that double head coin. <laughs> go ahead, Tim. Flip it. <laughs> Uh, um, but uh, yeah, Lumberbeard was actually uh, my uh, Twitter and Instagram handle from when I was 19. Wow, um, your, tin- your Tinder and what was that? Not your- Tinder. Oh, uh, <laughs> not Tinder. T- Twitter, Twitter, oh, and Instagram. I, I was, yeah, <laughs> and Tinder too. Yeah, but you okay. know, right. Um, and so we just kind of we. It was always an option, but I was kind of like, let's see if we can figure something else out. Uh, we never really could, so we ended up on Lumberbeard. Um, and then for the logo, uh, we always are, we always envisioned a actual logo. There's a lot of breweries that have their name as their logo, um, which is totally cool. But I wanted a symbol to be, you look at that and you know, oh, that's Lumberbeer Brewing. You don't have to have the long name. And part of it is our name is very long. Right. And so having, having just an image that just immediately makes you think, oh, that's Lumberbeer Brewing. That's exactly where the direction we wanted to so go. So who drew that? What was that? Uh, so that was my, my kind of brainchild, but I have zero artistic uh, inclination whatsoever. Um, and so my wife kind of drew it out, and then I had a friend who was a graphic designer who kind of gave us the final iteration that we all see today. Nice. That's very good. So, I mean, obviously, you have a beard, and you're called Lumberbeard. Do beard. I? Yeah, yeah. I, I Wait, don't know if what? you do that. Well, um, he has, we have to describe it because this is not video. Yeah, you know? that's right. Uh, for those of you on radio uh, or podcast <laughs> or whatever we call these things, he has a beard. Um, so what if, you know, you or your wife decide you don't need a beard anymore or you shouldn't have a beard? Uh, well, his wife has already decided she doesn't need a beard. She, yeah, I, I don't think she has a beard at all. But uh, does that, is there pressure to keep the beard? Uh, I think right now there probably is. I think at some point it won't matter it, or it won't matter how big it is. I mean, it never matters. Size doesn't matter. But... Um, That's what you know. your sure. wife said. Yeah. I know. Sure it doesn't. I'm there. I've Honey, been there. your beard's okay, just man. fine the way it is. <laughs> Please don't get rid of the beard. I'm already mistaken for you right. enough. Yeah. If, if they, so your name would change to like Bald Face Lie Brewing. <laughs> that would be... Well, I mean, I would never have a bald face, but it just might be a little redacted version of this of beard. Of that beard that you hold. Shaved currently. clean brewing company. Right. Just to right. let you all know out there in the podcast world of our diversity, we have five white men sitting on the stage. Four of them have beards. Three of them have flannels. Yeah. <laughs> That's us. Uh, it's diversity. snowing outside, so it's flannel season. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, you know there. what? We've got three different plaids, though. They're all different plaids. This is true. So they yeah. are very diverse. Yeah, very yeah. diverse. Yes, so much so. Um, Lumberbeard, as well as Mountain Lakes, you're both craft malt certified breweries, which we've talked about before on the show. And talk a little bit about your choice to incorporate local supply chains in your brewing uh, process. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we started brewing, um, we were not using as much uh, local malt just because this, the malts that I used in California were totally different um, and sourced from every which way. Um, but uh, as we got more involved in Spokane, more involved in the community, and realizing that we have absolutely fantastic grain that's grown 45 minutes down the road by people we could basically call our neighbors, um, we have kind of made the transition slowly but surely to... 
I mean, we probably do 90% of our malt that we use is, is, is link or and or another uh, Washington grain uh, malt. And it's, it's been fantastic. I mean, they make a fantastic product, and we know the farmers who grow our grain, which is really, really cool. Right. And you're, that's, it's, a, it's kind of a big deal for people that don't know that, um, the craft malt world right now. Um, it, you know, just when Link Malt opened, there were something like 13 craft malt houses. Now there's something like 80-plus in the United States, but the reality is that there are significant profiles of beer, right? Like taste that comes from it, and the elements of terroir that we look for within hops. Um, do you think that craft malt is is in its infancy, and we're going to see that kind of blow up a little bit more, like we did the hop realm? Yeah, I, I definitely think that craft malt is just going to gain more and more steam. I mean, part of it is uh, due to COVID and due to shipping restrictions, shipping crazy shipping prices and freight and all that stuff shopping local is actually cheaper now than going and getting a, your finest quote-unquote finest german malts or farm finest belgian malts um i can yeah we can get a grain that's literally never left a two-hour radius of this area um it was grown in the palouse it was cleaned in the palouse and then it was malted in the spokane valley then comes to our brew house and then we use it, and then it goes to a farmer who lives up north who feeds it to his, uh, what does he have? He has cows. Uh, feeds it to his cows. So it's literally staying all in this radius, and I just, I love that. And honestly, to get the Washington terroir, I mean, we have some of the best grain, I would say, in the country grown in our backyard, so why wouldn't we use it? Nice. So the, the 2021 Washington Beer Award winners were recently announced, and Spokane Breweries won a total of 14 medals. That's pretty good. And Lumberbeard brought home one of those medals. You want to tell us a little bit about what you won for? Yeah, we actually won for our Hellas, uh, Hellas Lager, which is kind of funny because we make a lot of IPA, um, and I do a lot of really big barrel-aged beers, and we won for one of our lightest beers that we've ever brewed. Um, which was kind of fun. So tell us about a Hellas. So if people don't know, how did the Hellas style come into existence? How did it compete? What was it competing against? And what does yours look like? So Hellas is a very, very simple beer. Uh, it's about probably the most simple lager there is. Uh, so it, that and a Pilsner are kind of what people know. Pilsner is a little bit more... Um, uh, hop forward, um, and a Hellas is going to sh shine the malt a little bit more, but Hellas literally means light, so it's going to be very, very light, even though your malt is shining through, so it's kind of a cool beer. I, I kind of had a inclination to make it, because you have nothing to hide behind. Um, there's It's not a lot of hops, and it's literally just like, here's the malt flavor. Here you go. That's literally all you have. Um, and so we... Re I. I love the way that beer turned out, um, and so we decided to submit it, and yeah, we brought home a silver medal, so I was super excited about it. Well, congrats on that. That's awesome. Um, and you got a, you got some four packs behind you. You brought, you, know, you want to show? Oh. Yeah, didn't you, didn't you bring the Hellas? There I we did go. bring the Hellas. There's just the Hellas. Show the Hellas. Yeah, it's very well, simple. The name is, what the hell is this? <laughs> no, it's not. But that should be a name. We'll look it on a tap. This probably takes. For those people listening on the podcast, it's a aluminum can, 16 ounces, 
It reads Hellas on the front. Right. And it's sold in a four-pack. And it's got that Iron Goat logo on the... Pr- oh, no. Oh, no. It's, that's the Lumberbeard one. That's, that's nice. it. That's that, that bearded goat that we have. That bearded um, goat. So you have a pretty diversified tap list. Um, has that always been your plan and focus? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I really love making a bunch of different beers. Um, so that that was part of it. Um, we've kind of in the past year and a half that we've been open, kind of made made things, kind of seen how they've sold, and decided whether we're going to make them again. Um, and I never really thought I'd make that much lager, but we've all of a sudden started making a lot more lager, and it's selling really well. So I'm not not going to stop. Nice. I'm excited to see loggers and pilsners show up in grocery stores and not just 37 IPAs and then a, you know, dead guy. <laughs> slowly I mean, but surely. Slowly yeah, but slowly surely. but surely there will be a, a variety of beer available at the craft level. And, and people, you can have a craft lager. I think people are realizing that, especially with local malt, when you're using malt for more than just sugar, you get, like Brett said, terroir. That's a word that's kind of coming into the beer world finally. And uh, people are realizing that you can have a Pilsner that's craft. It doesn't just taste like high life. Yeah, I think for the longest time, people wouldn't want a craft Pilsner because Pilsner was what you drank when you didn't drink craft beer. But now now we're in the spot where, oh, we've come far enough that, oh, you can make a craft Pilsner, and it still tastes better than Bud Light. So, Sean, what's the, um, what's, what's right now you're drinking a Lumberbird beer what, what are you recommending for people when they come in? What, what, based upon your, your diversity of taps right now, what should people be ordering for the winter? At the moment, our brand-new Czech Pills is drinking delicious. It's a Batch 100 Czech is the name of the beer. We're really enjoying that. Um, and whatever Sean f- came up with that name, by the way, too. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then whatever the fresh IPA is. Uh, I've been going back and forth between Hazy's and West Coast's. But enjoy West Coast a little more. We have one coming out soon that I'm really excited for. But uh, probably that, and then recently just been drinking all the fresh hops I can. And that one coming out really soon that you're excited for would be, what are we going to spill some beans? TBD. T, uh, that's the name of it? or you're, you're too early. This podcast won't air for a little while. Uh, yeah, probably a week or two until it's out. I mean, you want to... Tan- it's, uh, Tanner's called- beer drink? <laughs> Close. It's a something something West Coast. Is the name of the beer? Something something. That's it. Something something West Coast. Something something West Coast. Oh, and what? So full on like full on West Coast. Of- that's it. So yeah. it it it's a little more modern modern take on the West Coast IPA. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of crystal malt, so there is still none of that in there. Okay. Um, and then it's dry hopped with a load of strata and mosaic um we we went for hop selection and we smelled the strata that they had for us and it was unbelievable it smelled like gummy bears and peaches and so it's a lot of that and it's it but strata has that crazy resinous um dankness to it as right. well so i'm yeah as sean said he's excited i'm also very excited for well, this beer and that'll be when when are we looking for that uh, either next week or early the week after. Nice. Very good. So anything we should know about Lumberbeard coming up for the winter? 
Other than the beer that we just learned about. <laughs> uh, yeah, we actually have uh, our own winter market. Um, it's not the winter market that's at River, Punk Squ- River Park Square. Um, but we have about 10 vendors come into our tasting room um, every other Sunday. Um, they're all local vendors who do their own thing and basically just have an indoor farmer's market for the season where you don't really want to be outdoors. No offense, Dave. Can um, we get in on that, too? We'll just sell our beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, but... Oh, okay, you know. all right. I can bring other trinkets. <laughs> that works, that works. There you go. I well, whittle some wooden spoons. Yeah. I would love hey, to, I would love to see you, that. I just whittled a spoon, my first one. Oh. Yeah, I did. That's great. Yeah. You can, maybe I can sell it. Yeah. I, I'll put it out there. Okay. $500. <laughs> wooden spoon. Well, Brett and Sean, it has been a true pleasure talking with you and learning the exciting things that are happening at Lumberbeard Brewing. Thank you so much for joining us for Not My Beer. That wraps up the first part of our show. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with Brett, Sean, Tim, and Dave and an audience contestant for a little game we call Bluff the Drinker. Welcome back to the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here again is your host, Chris Sindrick. Thank you, Dave. Right now, it's time for the Wheat Wheat Show, game called Bluff the Drinker. This is the game where we ask an audience member to tell truth from fiction. Well, welcome to the show. Tell us your name and a little bit about yourself. Good evening. Uh, Robbie Bowles. Um, uh, A little bit about myself. Uh, I guess I just increased the number of bearded people and wearing plaid and flannel. Right. Not only, you, not only that, but you kind of blown us out of the water. If I'm going to describe Robbie's beard right now, it is full on bushy with the mustache separation of the beard with, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, good bush building for sure. Yes. Unwaxed. Unwaxed. That, yeah, I've seen, I've seen your uh, mustache waxed. Oh, so then, uh, so what's the secret there? Because some people, un- they wax and oil, but you are not either of those. Is that right? As I would tell my employees, beer, Copenhagen, and whiskey. Good beard. So, so wait a minute. Say, say that again. Say again. And, say and again. It, like, yeah, like, beer, there you go. Copenhagen, and whiskey. Beer, and that's the trick to your beard? That's how you do it. Whoa. I'm just missing the Copenhagen, and a evidently. little chainsaw chips. Uh, uh, chainsaw would, would Kodiak work? Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Okay. All right. But tell the audience what you do for a living, Robbie, because I think that lends itself to why... He's a professional bearder. So, uh, I am currently a fire management officer with the DNR. I work, I'm a wildland firefighter, is what I do, that, to make that a little more clear. All right. Yeah. And that, that deserves a round of applause, I would say, because that job has only gotten harder and harder. You actually have a little bit of a claim to fame here at Mountain Lakes Brewing. Can you tell us a little bit about your claim to fame? Uh, yes. Uh, Tim and Dave, this uh, just a couple of weeks ago, brewed a new beer, Bowles' Bourbon, uh, Scottish, smoky Scottish ale, and that is named for myself and my wife. Uh, 
due to the smokiness of it and what I do for a living. Yeah. So we're drinking tonight. Bowles Bourbon is up there. So if you are interested, that's a beer named after our contestant. Well, welcome to the show, Robbie. You are here to play the game where you must tell truth from fiction. Your topic, as always, on this show is about beer. Our panelists are each going to tell you a beer story related to, get this, beards and beer. Pick the one who's telling the truth, and you'll win a prize, which is free beer in a pint glass. Okay, Robbie, are you ready to play? Let's do it. All right. First off, let's hear from Tim Hilton. Okay. So Big Timber Brewing Company in Elkins, West Virginia, is owned and operated by Bruce Beardman, a man whose name fits his face. Bruce has quite the beard. It's thick black and hangs down past his belly button. His beard is the envy of many beer enthusiasts in the region. Two years ago, Bruce decided that his brewery would sponsor a beard-growing competition. The winner gets a half barrel of Big Timber Porter, the brewery's flagship beer, and a free pint every day for a year. The rules were that all contestants had to come to the brewery on June the 1st and shave. Then they would return to the brewery just before Christmas to show off their beards, and Bruce would pick a winner. Joel Wilson was a regular at Big Timber. He was there just about every day with his favorite drinking companion, Kenny, a Russian wolfhound. You know how some dog owners look like their dogs? Well, this was definitely true for them. Both had long, gray, floppy, floppy hair uh, that was in need of some brushing. Joel was excited for the beard contest. He arrived at the brewery on, the ev on that evening along with 12 other contestants and shaved, their, shaved with the others. The contestants' beards grew steadily over the next few months. That is all except Joel's. I'm not sure what was wrong. I mean, I used to grow a beard quickly. In August, he looked more like someone with a thick 5 o'clock shadow than a lumberjack. He was behind, but he was determined. He told his friends he found a special oil to help his beard grow quickly, and it was sure to help him win. The oil appeared to work wonders. Within a week, his beard had grown about as long as the other contestants' beards. After another week, he was clearly in the lead. By December, his beard was nearly as long as Bruce's. He was the clear winner. At the awards ceremony, one of the other contestants objected. He said, has anyone else noticed we haven't seen Kenny since he started using his special oil? I bet that hair on his face is from the dog. Joe laughed nervously. Then two other contestants held him down while the others got a closer look. It looks like he glued two beards together, one of the contestants yelled. You can see the color changes just below the chin. Bruce ran his hand through the beard and felt a dry, crusty layer at the point at which the color appeared to change. Upset and confused, he grabbed a pair of scissors and took a sample. He smelled the crusty layer and declared, Joel cheated. He used some kind of epoxy to glue someone else's hair to his little beard. Joel was immediately disqualified, and another winner was chosen. Joel admitted later that most of the beard was actually from Kenny, his newly shaved wolfhound. Joel and Kenny are still regulars and still uh, liked by just about everybody there. His hair uh, is growing back. Kenny's hair is growing back nicely. Joel shaved his mostly canine-originated beard, and it now hangs from the, on the back of the bar as a warning to other potential cheaters. 
Next year, Big Timbers festivities will include a fake beard contest in addition to the beard-growing competition. The new contest is uh, called Hair of the Dog Beard in honor of Kenny. Uh, Joel will serve as the celebrity judge. All right, Hair of the Dog from Tim is your first choice. We are now going to hear from Brett Gordon. A Florida man traveled to Alabama for the Alabama Beer and Catfish Festival. He anxiously expected some new and interesting beers from the area and looked forward to trying his hand at catfish noodling. After trying half a dozen great microbrews, he went out to a nearby river with a small group to find some catfish. One of the brewers led a group to his favorite spot at the river and demonstrated the technique. First, he said, you need to start out with two beers, one to coat your hand, one to mix in the water to intensify the scent of the fish. I found that our double chocolate milk stout stays in suspension long enough to really get their attention. Feeling a bit timid, he grabbed three beers, slid into the water, proceeded as directed. He downed the third beer to steal his resolve, but it didn't take long until he found a catfish hiding in its hole. He jammed his hand into its mouth, and the catfish clamped down on his arm. He later added, It was weird and painful sensation. The catfish went up to my elbow and bit down. The teeth were sharp enough to draw blood. Startled, he let out a yelp, dropped his beer, and stumbled until a 30-pound catfish pulled him under. He was caught in the current and couldn't swim with the giant fish lashed to his arm. His only hope was to grab a branch hanging low enough to reach. As he rolled to reach it, uh, as he rolled to reach out, his other hand stopped his motion. He came suddenly to an abrupt stop. His face felt like it was being torn off. He realized that his beard had gotten snagged on the tree, and it wouldn't hold for long. Before he lost his beard altogether, he pulled himself up, and the catfish was still attached to his forearm to the shore. Florida Man Noodles Stout Catfish from Brett is your second choice. And now here is your last story. It comes from Dave Basaraba. Dr. Paul Roof has donned impressive facial locks since growing his first beard sometime in high school. As the years went on, Roof's beard became a source of notoriety amongst his co cohort and a point of pride. When Roof was an undergrad at Presbyterian College, he remembers not only being recognized for his beard on campus, but also for winning beard growing and beard quaffing contests at local events and pubs. I've won a fair amount of free beer with this beard, Roof says. I mean, this thing sort of became a passion, and I got excited about turning it into creative and fun expressions for these contests. Paul Roof went on to get a master's and then a PhD in sociology, ending up with a job as a professor at Southern Charleston University in South Carolina. And that's where the fun and games of his beard-growing exuberance took an unnerving turn. In 2013, Roof was visiting New Orleans for a beard contest where he entered the freestyle competition with what can only be described as an insane four-pronged beard that reached well beyond his shoulders to the far right and left and curled up to his eyebrows in the front. It was a true work of art, coupled with just the right sunglasses, an off-white cowboy hat, and topped off with a vintage red suit. It was truly the cherry on top of this chin whisker exhibition. It was at this very competition where, after winning this freestyle category, a now infamous photo was taken of his tremendous mane. Unbeknownst to Roof, who had signed away his rights to the image to the contest organizers, it would later be purchased by Holy City Brewing Company of North Charleston, South Carolina. And they would go on to use it on cans of their newest offering, 
Chucktown Follicle Brown. Everything was great, said Roof. It was actually surprised to find out from my friends that my likeness was on this can, but when I did, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, the image was not mine to sell, and really, I was just flattered. Thank God it was a beer I liked, right? Soon after the cans were released, however, Roof's students at Southern Charleston University were finding it and apparently not having the same reaction about the new labels. Roof says that when Charleston Southern, a Christian liberal arts school, got wind of the label, he was promptly canned. The university allegedly argued that the beer placement was, quote, not representative of a Christian environment. The professor wouldn't discuss the terms of his firing with the local news outlet because he's currently seeking legal counsel, but for now, he says he's just looking for a little old-fashioned Christian compassion, and while he's not planning to seek his old position at Southern Charleston, he did say this. Like it says in the Bible, when someone wrongs you, you just got to turn the other cheek. Remember, it says turn the cheek, never trim. So when your chin follicles get you canned, from Dave is your third choice. So here are your choices, Robbie. You've got Hair of the Dog from Tim Hilton. You've got Florida Man Noodles Stout Catfish from Brett Gordon. And you've got When Your Chin Follicles Get You Canned from Dave Basaraba. Remember, you're looking for the story that is not, or the, the story that is true. Which story do you choose? Well, for Tim's be, taking place in West Virginia, and being a Virginia boy myself, there's a lot of alliteration going on. That's a little intelligent. So, so I was, think Tim is false. Okay, so it was, wait, wait, wait. wait you wait, think wait. I'm false? I okay. think you're false. Why, so, why is that? Because of the alliteration? It's a little too... Too literate. Put together. A little yeah. too poetic yeah. for Virginia. Little, for West Virginia, So yeah. what part of... Yeah, are yeah, you yeah. from West Virginia or Virginia? Well, I'm a Virginia. And what part of Virginia? Uh, grew up outside of Richmond. Okay. And then lived the rest of it down the southwestern portion. Not West Virginia. Southwestern. Southwestern. Virginia. Down by Radford University? Past that. Oh, that's where I went to my undergrad. Oh, yeah. Right there. I've spent wow. some time in Radford. Yeah, I'm literate. But yeah, that's a little. You so it was. That story's a little too put together for us. A little too put yeah. together. Okay, all right. Someone <laughs> wrote that one. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Oh, I yeah. like how all your right. brain's working. Yeah. All right. It was too put together. You think Bruce Beardman is not really the uh, proprietor yeah. of uh, Big right. Timber? Yeah. Right. Okay. So one down, that leaves two. What are you thinking between the other two? We've got the the hair of the dog is out, but the man noodles stout catfish, and then we've got. When your chin follicles get you canned. I will say there's something about a, a Florida man going to Alabama drinking a milk stout before he goes noodling. That, that could be true. Someone off, something's off with that man's game. <laughs> if you're going to go noodling. It okay. should be like a Bud Light. Toy oh, right. Okay. You know, Anheuser. Right. You know, so Budweiser. You're, so you're, about, you're thinking about eliminating that one because... Florida man, don't drink stout. Negative. Have you witnessed the heat? Hmm. I don't know. Florida. Some of the best, or quote-unquote, best pastry stouts in the nation right. come from Florida. This is true. You do have a point with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and Jamaica has weird, but its yes. very fair share of amazing uh, you know, stout beer. There are a lot of good stories about Florida men, though. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. This Florida men drinks a keg of Budweiser and his head ends up in an alligator or something. <laughs> See my point? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, not a stout, though. Budweiser. <laughs> it's true. 
That's true. Uh, I'm gonna go. I was gonna go with Dave's. You're gonna go with Dave's. When your chin follicles get you canned, that is true. That's the story. That is true. He can work a chainsaw, yeah. and he's got brains. So a little story on this, too. When I was asking everybody to write stories for this, I will have to recognize Chris Barton, who's sitting right over there, who did Woo! write. Woo! He wrote Brett's story, the awesome story about noodling, which was awesome. Um, this, I, I read uh, Dave's story, and I'm like, dude, I hope he knows that he was supposed to write the true story, because I was even thinking, like, this can't be true. Oh, yeah, when you told me yeah. to find a, re a true story about beer and beards that didn't involve Rogue Brewing Company. I was like, well, where the hell am I going to start? And then I came upon this little piece of gold, and I was like, wow. And you've got to look up Paul Roof when you go home tonight. Dr. Paul Roof, just Google that. The image that was used on the can, like, Robbie, your quaff is beautiful, but his is like a work of freaking art. So you've got to see this beard that got him canned. I mean, you sh if you've ever been proud of losing a job, this beard is something to be seen. It's pretty yeah. epic. Yeah. It is. <laughs> pretty amazing. Well, congratulations, Robbie. You got it right. You've won our prize. Free beer and a pint glass. Thanks for playing. That wraps up this part of the show. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with the game we call Brewers on Tap. Woo! Welcome back to the Brew House stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer, live audience, show, and podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and once again, here is your host, Chris Sindrick! And now for a game we call Brewers on Tap. Throughout the night, our audience members have had a chance to write down a question for one, a few, or all of our panelists. We've chosen a smackerel of them to ask our panel to tap into some of that brewer and owner knowledge. Let's get started, shall we? So to start off, we're going we're gonna to go into, uh, this was brought up earlier. Uh, I think, Dave, you brought it up. What's the difference... Uh, or use of growing of two-row malt and six-row malt? Um, and oh. what, what beers are they used in and so on? Can you explain well, a little bit? Well, six is bigger, so. It has three three times as many rows. It has three times as many rows, and that's it. That's it. Next question. All right, on. No, <laughs> no well, I mean. Nailed think, it. Think of it, um, the rows are how you're, like, splitting the... Um, the casing of the kernel of barley. And with a six row, you have more sides of that casing for the water to touch in the mash process than in two row. So I don't know. That's the, really the difference. I mean, I'm not a biologist, so I can't really get into the... Tim's a biologist. He'll take it from here. Well, it would be, I'd be a botanist, right? Would it be person who would, who would be an expert. Tim's here. a botanist. He'll take it from yeah. here. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, honestly, I think the, the, the biggest difference, uh, um, I haven't used six-row malt since I was a home brewer, but um, 
it's just a little bit more grist in the in the mash and uh, a, a better flow um, uh, because of that. So uh, it, it's more common to find two row than you're saying you haven't used it since you were a home brewer. Is that correct? I don't yeah. know. Do you guys use six row at all? Uh, no, we don't use any six row. Um, for the most part, six row barley is used by um, larger breweries by the name of Budweiser and Coors. Um, I'm not familiar with either of those. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're they're abstract larger breweries. Um, but for the most part, uh, most craft breweries use two-row two row malt. So it has... Barley. Sorry, uh, two-row barley. It, it would be... An, Is that uh, because we're microbreweries and it's smaller number? I think that's exactly why, actually. Yeah. So next question. No, I mean, honestly, I think if you, if you take a kernel and you bite it, I mean, you see... Like more more little chambers in the six row, right? And is a little bit more grist, uh, right? And and which allows for for some better flow. And I, I know people use them for pils, pilsners. Um, uh, I I don't know why. Maybe maybe uh, maybe there's some some enzymes in them that allow for uh, uh, more fermentation or, or more aggressive fermentation. That's my guess. Okay. I, I mean, I haven't haven't paid a lot of attention to it. So what we could say is that it, it comes down to the kernels that make a major difference as to why Turo is the captain of the craft beer industry. Oh, but the rest Did of you this get story is private, so we have to stop here. Thank you. Well, no, like we just like no one got no. that. Hold on, we'll cut applause in. Colonel, uh, <laughs> major captain, captain. private. <sighs> Whatever. Here's the question. How on earth do you decide what new beer to brew next with so many out there already? What, how do you do that? I, I don't know how you guys do it, but we honestly try to not look at everything around us and just come up with creative flavors uh, from our mug club members who come up with ideas. Uh, you know, friends of ours that are like, oh, have you tried this? My wife is, you know, always got great ideas and we have yet to use one. But <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I, I, Dave's lying. We go, to, we go to Lumberbeard and see what they're doing and then uh, we try to do it. So. Uh, I mean, for us, I, for, so far, it's just kind of been what I want to do. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of look at what, what, what might sell, what might not sell, but for the most part, we just kind of brew what we want. Nice. Honestly, I've been in the beer industry for over 10 years, as I've said. I have no idea what people want to drink anymore. No, and as soon as you brew something, like you, as soon as you brew something uh, to your specifications or what you would think is the perfect this or that or the other, they're like, do you have something else? Right. Because we're so freaking spoiled. Yeah, this is this is great, but Kolsch is so last summer. Right. right. Like well, I can, I never could have called it, but I mean, in when it's 119 out, do you really want to drink a 10% imperial pastry stout with peanut butter, chocolate, vanilla, lactose, mm. and graham cracker? Yeah, no. Gary does best-selling beer all summer. Gary, does, can you add some frosting in it? <laughs> He's he's kind of he loves those frosting, you know. We, we never know. I mean, we we brewed a, a Maybach that we thought was the best beer we've ever brewed, and 
It was. Not, we didn't think not it, so it popular uh, from most people. And then, you know, just on a whim, we, we brew a beer that tastes like a, 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 um, a red velvet cake. And, you know, it becomes our biggest seller. So, right. um, you know, we don't know. Yeah. Right? Welcome to craft beer in 2021. Woo-hoo. That's right. You get 14 taps, and uh, some of them go and some don't. Yeah. Can I get you to try this Maybach? It's it's brilliant. It's delicious. It's made with local grains in a in a in a Bavarian tradition. No, give me the cupcake beer. <laughs> All right, sweet. Right. No yeah. problem. There you go. And it's almost sold out, so get it. Right. When's that it, maple bar? It'll be back. gone this week. <laughs> well, here's the question. This is specifically for Brett. What is your secret to having such an amazing beard? Um, I guess I'd have to say genetics, because honestly, I have no idea. Really? So do you have a little, you have some, it's a reddish, do you have a little Scottish history, Irish history? Uh, yeah, my, my, my uh, grandpa is from Scotland, um, and my dad had a red beard, and so, I mean, I guess it was pretty much destined that I would have a red beard, but yeah, Scotland, Gordon is a very Scottish name. We have a castle, it's in ruins, but you know. There's, it's still there. It's there, though? Like, seriously? Yeah, yeah, no, it's totally still there. Like I said, it's in ruins. And when I say ruins, I mean it's literally rubble. But it's I've, definitely I've been still to ruins. There. I've never seen the castle in there. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So it, are, are, is there a thing, if, you, if you're walking down the street and you have a big beard and you walk by another dude with a long beard, like... Is it kind of like motorcycle folks? Do you have a special like, yeah. wave? Or? I mean, I usually just nod, uh, nod. for the most part. I don't know. Do you look down on guys who have small beards like me and Chris? Not even a little bit. I wish I had a small beard like you and Chris. Oh. Right. Related question then, if you had uh, to have a beard for the rest of your life or be beardless for the rest of your life, but also have an unlimited supply of good craft beer, what would you choose? So you, you keep the beard the rest of your life or you shave the sucker and forever, you're loaded with great craft beer. And with the beer, you can only drink Zima. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, that changes the or, story. I was just going to say, I mean, like you're asking a brewer. Yeah, I was about to say. He uh, has my, an endless supply of beer. My life right now is I have an endless supply of craft beer and I have a beard. Okay, but you lose so... your job as well. And oh, now you're, okay. you're, okay. you're back in finance. So I lose and my like, job. And you're, you're, you're dealing with mutual funds. And that's it. <laughs> So you're, you're beardless, you're working in mutual funds, and you have no beer, or you are bearded, and Wait, you have no, it, your job. No, it's you, backwards. You, you flipped it. Oh. You're bearded, yes, but right. you're in finance. That's right. I'm, you're you're shave, an and it's, it's smooth yeah. like a baby's bottom. That's right. You're, you're an you, act, yeah. yeah, you're, you're right. I fucked that up. You're I? an actuary <laughs> accountant. Let's, let's redo this for the podcast. So That's here's right. the story. You're back in finance, right? You're working finance. You're doing the mutual funds. Yeah, but you got an amazing beard, or, right, yeah. an unlimited supply of beer. Right, what it's going to be? But I gotta. I mean, uh, if I have beer, and if I don't have to shave my own face, and I just don't have a beard, great. Okay, give me, give me all the free oh, beer. So it's the shaving. Yeah, uh-huh. shaving, shaving is the worst thing in the world. It is, yeah. and that's what started my beard 25 years ago. It was like, um, why do I do this? Why do I shave it every took morning? took you that long? <laughs> right. Here's a question. Favorite Thanksgiving side dish? And let's add to this, and the beer you pair it with. 
Yeah, so favorite Thanksgiving side dish, and this will be helpful for people, and a beer to pair it with. Pair it with. Fezziwig and candied yams. Done. Next question. Oh. So the Boston beer, like yeah. the old Fezziwig. Yeah, yeah, I like old Fezziwig. I really do. It's very good beer. We were just talking earlier so about the, uh, the old case, you know, the holiday case yep. that Sam Adams had. Oh, yeah. Which was, you know, it's got... It used to be amazing, and now it's sort of it, Costco-ified. Yeah. yeah. Remember the cranberry lambic that they had? Oh, my gosh. Oh. That was a good one. And yeah, they were producing not, that, that at such bad. high volumes that you were really impressed. Right. All right, so there's one. Um, I don't have a favorite side of Thanksgiving, but I do love pie. So I'm going to go with... Uh, Con pie and literally just anything barrel aged. So anything barrel aged with a pecan pie. Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. You get all that caramel notes with literally just like pure sugar and sweetness, and it's fantastic. Nice. I, I'm a pecan pie fan. Yeah. Me too. Oh, I love right. love pecan pie. Very nice. So that Virginia would, folks. So you're matching characteristics there, right? Of it. So you're. Yeah, yeah, it's more of a comp complimentary complimentary. pair instead of a contrasting or right. yeah. or cutting type. Yeah. All right. What else? I'll go stuffing and either marzen or something malty. So why does that work? Stuffing, that sounds delicious. What's happening there? Something rich and more savory, but also something that's a little bit lighter that will also cut through it. So like a marzen or a Vienna lager. Nice. Cranberry sauce uh, paired with uh, a stout. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like so roasty and, and cranberry. And the cranberry. So mm -hmm. the tartness is kind of yeah. balanced off of the, yeah. Yeah, kind of like a, like a chocolate-covered strawberry or something. Right. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Very good. And I would say, I'm going to go, because one of our, our traditions in our family is fried cauliflower. We've done that for eons in the Cindered family. And I'm going to say, of course... A nice, crisp saison. Yeah. Oh, my saison. I love my saison. <laughs> so here's a question. Skewer's food truck um, sets up uh, at your place fairly often. What beer or beers would you uh, pair with shawarma? Um, man, Skewer's is so good. It depends on, I guess, shawarma is technically the lamb. Um, really, any IPA goes with shawarma. It, it is really good with some tropical hops. Okay. All right. I, think, I think if I were there at Lumberbeard getting that shawarma, I'd get the shawarma and then walk down to Mountain Lake just four blocks away and probably <laughs> get one of their IPAs. Yeah, we, we, do a so good. we do a special shawarma IPA. Yeah. And Huh. It's delicious. I've heard about that. Does it have lamb guts in it? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah. You can well, taste hint, the hint of lamb. Oh, yep. hint of lamb. Got yeah. it. Got yep. it. Got Haggis it. pale ale. It's called. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Are you concerned about how climate change will impact the future of craft beer? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Which is also uh, part of the. Or I didn't touch on this earlier with the using local malts, is the farmers that we use that are doing their farming, they are unbelievably climate sensitive and they're actually farming in a way that is way better for the environment than most farmers that are growing grain and selling it to maltsters. Um, they're actually taking care of their land, they're taking care of the soil. Um, and so they're 
yeah, Matt, Matt can explain it to you more when you have them on in a month about how, the way they farm and, and the sustainability that they're doing. He is a phenomenal resource. Cool. All right. Well, folks, it's closing time. I'm currently reading a book by Pete Brown that examines the use of the term craft beer in an attempt to define something that he states may be completely undefinable. Many, including the American Brewers Association, have added, deleted, and amended various terms used to define the craft beer and brewers over the years. Such terms as microbrewery, small-scale, traditional, innovative, artisan, locally marketed, and handcrafted. The Sunday after Thanksgiving has been designated Small Brewery Sunday. It's a day to get out and support the craft beer industry. The current Brewers Association definition of a craft brewer is a small, independent brewer. If this still has you guessing as to who to support in Spokane on November 28th and throughout the holidays, we here at We, we Don't Tell Me can make that easy for you. Dave? Well, there's Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Lumberbeard Brewing Company, Bellwether Brewing Company, Benedito's Brew Pub, Big Parn Brewing Company, Black Label Brewing Company, Bottle Bay Brewing Company, Brick West Brewing, Community Pint, Four Eyed Guys Brewing, For the Love of God Brewing, The Garland Brew Works, The Golden Handle Project, The Grain Shed, Hidden Mother, Humble Abode Brewing, Inland Ale Works. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for tonight. Thank you. Thanks to our special guests, Brett Gordon and Sean Kirkpatrick from Lumberbeard Brewing. And thanks to Dave Basaraba and Tim Hilton from Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Thanks to our wonderful server, Brian. And thanks to all of you for being here. I am Chris Hendrick. Good night and joy be to you all. Bardic Brewing, Cider Amherst Fermentation, Genus Brewing, Millwood Brewing Company, Natural 20 Brewing Company, Snow Eater Brewing Company, Square Wheel Brewing, TT's Old Iron Brewery, B-Twin Brewing Company, Yaya Brewing Company. Oh, are we? I'm We're sorry, I got lost. That's it. Oh, that's yeah. it. All right. Good night. Good night. Drink up. <laughs> <laughs>